0: Welcome to Adventure Reads. Today's adventure is written by guest contributor Ms. Afra Quama and read by Irene Karemi. Benevolent patriarchy, or why I will never return to Badu Lounge. This past August, on a cool post-rain Saturday night, I made my way towards Labon for a date night with a new guy. I had met him through the creative circles in Accra and was really excited to get dressed up in my newly installed honey brown Fulani braids and floral print short halter top dress, paired with my neon green suede sandals. The halter top dress was a special feature as it always accentuated my breasts in the most perfect way. I hadn't been on a date since July, when I had attempted a life on Tinder, so needless to say, I was super excited. When I arrived at Badu Lounge, I did not enter the club immediately, because I was not sure if my date had arrived. As I stood outside peering into the lounge, I saw two burly men standing in the front patio. I did not greet them nor did they greet me, and I stood in the front patio texting my date to see how far he was. As I stood around in contemplation about whether I should go get us seated while I waited, my thought process was interrupted by one of the Bali men. Do you need something? I responded that I was waiting for a friend and that I was not sure if he was inside. The word friend felt like it had come out in a staggered cacophony of a sound in my ears. Equally, the word date would not have sufficed in a socially conservative Ghana. Boyfriend also would have been a lie. So I settled on friend. The bouncer nodded in a response, eyeing me cautiously. As we spoke, my date also responded that he was literally five minutes away. I decided that I would wait inside. As I approached the main gate, one of the men asked me to return, saying I could not go inside. I stopped in my tracks and naturally asked why I could not enter. He slowly scanned my body. Sort of in a way, taxi drivers scan their bodies before they decide how much you can pay for a fare, and responded, A woman cannot enter alone unless she is with a man. At this point, it had not entirely occurred to me that this bouncer had assumed I was a sex worker. Now, let me pause here and say that this is a very common experience. I have girlfriends who have entered hotel bars alone, as in without the accompaniment of a man, and have been told that they cannot sit there because they were assumed to be prostitutes. I am also reminded of 2015 when five Ghanaian-American doctors sued Move and Pick Ambassador Hotel for gender discrimination when they entered the well-known establishment to celebrate a friend's birthday and were told that they could not enter because they did not have a male escort. Unfortunately, this experience is all too common and often leaves women feeling a sense of humiliation, embarrassment, and rage over what is not ours, public space. At this point, I stood in front of a bouncer, a little in disbelief and a bit of confusion. I responded by asking him if this was a company policy, which he merely nodded his head in agreement. I texted my date again to ask him where he was, I then asked the bouncer if I could at least sit on the patio, to which he agreed. Ladies and gents, it is in this moment that it hits me that he had assumed I am here to well sell pussy. I sat there stewing in my anger when the second bouncer sat next to me and asked if I was okay, to which I responded, hell no. Your colleague thinks I'm a sex worker and I will not be allowed in the club alone. In true Ghanaian fashion, the second bouncer began to calm me down and pretended as if I was completely overreacting. He asked if the bouncer had actually said I was a sex worker, to which I replied he didn't have to. I'm not a fool, this happens all the time in Accra. At that point, a male passerby who was entering the club approached to greet me. Initially, I did not recognize him because the anger had clouded any platonic vision I had. He then told me that he was my friend, Abina's cousin. We had met a few months back when she was visiting town. I slowly began to realize who he was and explained very loudly and intentionally that they would not let me in because they thought I was a prostitute. The first bouncer had it and began walking towards me, yelling that he hated people like me and that he had never called me a prostitute and even gave me a place to sit while I waited for my date. Can you imagine? Because the bouncer had provided me a seat outside while also denying me entry because of my fucking anatomy. Somehow, he had convinced himself that he was a good guy. Thus, while it occurred to him that I was unhappy with this favor, I became an impossible woman who he could no longer tolerate. Part of my anger was my own sense of self-worth, which in all honesty is partly a function of my educational background and accomplishments in life thus far. I was furious that this bouncer had made a quick assessment about who I am based on how I was dressed and the fact that I was alone. As a black African woman, I am constantly hyper aware of what my body means in public space and generally have gone to great lengths to protect myself from public scrutiny, while also working to decondition the parts of myself still deeply invested in respectability. Simply put, I am aware of my patriarchy that lingers in the air, but I do not bow to it. Living in Ghana, I am also reminded daily of my perceived foreigner status, Most locals do not look at me and assume I am local, even if they can still see the Ghanaian in me. And yet, the fact that I am perceived as a foreigner in Ghana, in that moment, it does not matter that I was a girl from abroad. Because I was a woman with an attitude that needed to be put in her place. I was a woman who dared to leave her house in less than a conservative outfit, without the protection, guidance, permission of a man the bouncer began hurling insults at me stating that he hated people like me and that I was a stupid bitch. (laughs) Long story short, my friend's cousin guiltily offered to take me inside, to which I declined. I opted to instead wait for my date, but not without continuing to loudly stress how unfair the circumstances were. A casting match ensued between the bouncer and I, with me expressing outrage at the lounge's sexist and anti-sex worker policy. The bouncer denied my accusations. At one point, he became so furious that he even began approaching me as if he wanted to hit me. In turn, I was frankly too angry to be scared of this 250 pound man. I was ready to have him fired. And if it meant I had to engage in a physical altercation first, I was up for the task. This all happened within the span of eight to ten minutes. As my date finally arrived, the second bouncer pulled him aside to tell him to calm me down and that I should not speak to men in this way and that my date needed to warn me. As I heard this, I pulled my date away from the bouncer and we entered the club. When we sat down, I explained to my date what had happened. And when he asked if we should leave, to his credit, he was very supportive about it and wanted to de-escalate the situation as fast as possible. By this time, a mix of anger and pride would not let me leave. I believe in the political act of taking up public space as a woman, especially when I am not wanted in those spaces. I agreed to stay for the night and attempted to have a good time in spite of the poor treatment. But I really could not shake what had just happened. As this altercation ensued, I tweeted at Badu Lounge as a way to hold them accountable for this incident their response left much to be desired and illustrates in ways which local businesses do not value female customers in response to their misogynist bounces treatment of me badu lounge argued that the incident must have been a misunderstanding because they advocate for women and that their lounge was in fact named after the famous soul singer Erica badu they invited me to return for a drink without ever once acknowledging their employees' unprofessionalism, apologizing, or even pretending that they would investigate the matter. This is not enough. This is also bullshit. I'm writing this piece because I am tired of patriarchy in Ghana. I am tired of businesses like Badu Lounge discriminating against people that they deem as not acceptable or respectable because of how they look. Who they are and what they're wearing. I'm writing this piece because I'm tired of men policing women's bodies in public space. I was offended as a woman. I was denied entry into a club because of my anatomy. And perhaps had the bouncer not scanned my body before denying me entry on the grounds of my womanhood, I would not have jumped to the second conclusion, which is that the bouncer decided that my low cut halted dress was evidence of my prostitution. It is also important to note that I absolutely believe that the bouncer had received orders from the employer, Badu Lounge, to clear out women that seemed tawdry. Badu Lounge then is indubitably responsible for how I was treated by the employee. However, bouncers also make in the moment decisions about who may not be a reputable person to have in the establishment. This is in fact their job. This means that the bouncer actively Consciously and purposefully decided that based on my appearance and behavior he could enact his policy on me. I believe that this experience is a common one and says much about how many men in Ghanaian society continue to view women who dare to exist boldly in public space. Not once did the bouncer attempt to clear his name by giving me an actual reason for why this policy exists. Was it an issue of my safety? Surely not. It would be his job to protect me if someone were to harm me or any other person in Badu Lounge. Secondly, I am incensed that this man had decided, based on a quick body scan and his own sexism, that I had left my house to come and sell sex to Badu Lounge. I am outraged that his assumption that I had come to sell sex meant that I was no longer a respectable woman worthy of entry alone. I recognize that the bouncer's actions has everything to do with how we view women and sex workers in Ghanaian society. Sex workers are among the most vulnerable people in our societies. How they are treated has a ripple effect for how societies treat non-sex worker women who might be perceived as promiscuous or loose based on what they are wearing. Sex workers are seen as the bane of our society. We know that they exist and many of us have observed them on the street corners in our nation's capital. Quite simply, there is a market for sex workers. And yet, we rarely perpetrate their customers for their illicit behavior. It is always a sex worker who is assumed to be a non-respectable woman. There is a perception that if sex workers are kicked out of reputable establishments, then they deserve it. Never mind that their clients are rarely charged or questioned. And yet... When it begins to happen to non-sex worker women i believe it is because we have failed those women who are most vulnerable to begin with i write this as someone who supports women who choose or are funneled into sex labor but are not legally recognized in ghana the problem with badu lounges brand and business practices is that by propping some women up as respectable in this case Erica badu it gives them license to position other women as not respectable Badu Lounge's patriarchal attitude is high-five women with one hand and slap them with the other. Badu Lounge has branded themselves as women positive while also discriminating against women means that their brand is actually just hypocritical and contradictory at best. Y'all motherfuckers got me all the way fucked up. I will never return to Badu Lounge and you probably shouldn't either. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's adventure. Do not forget to share, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AdventuresFrom, From and let us know what you think. We look forward to going on the next adventure with you.